Hello and good day, eh? Welcome to the Super Good Camping Podcast. My name is Pamela. I'm Tim. And we are from supergoodcamping.com. We are here because we're on a mission to inspire other families to enjoy camping adventures such as we have with our kids and to do it safely. So today we wanted to talk about first aid and maybe why it's important and some of the different options for taking some first aid to training. Right. So we've talked about what you should have in your first aid kit before i'm pretty sure and and that you need to take it even if you're on a day you know hike or whatever you need to have a first aid kit with you just saying today we yeah we definitely like to talk about uh, some some different actually no we, you know what we we'd like to start with basic first aid uh if you can you know like a a, a red cross course in the in the old days uh, it would be a St. John's course, but but Red Cross seems to be the one that uh, supplies them now. Although there are other places that supply them. Just saying, take a basic first aid. Take a, a CPR course. You do have to recertify. Oh, I can't even remember. I think CPR is every other year now, something like that. Yeah, I think so. Uh, your basic first aid, I think, runs for a little longer than that. But even if, you know, a, a lot of workplace. Some people's jobs often, you know, it's part of part of the prerequisite. Even if you're working in a warehouse or something like that, you need to have a first aid course as part of your job training. Uh, I can't say that I, I'm well out outside of research. Uh, certifi- I'd have to redo the programs. I haven't certified for quite a, quite a while, but I'm pretty sure if it came down to it, I could perform CPR on somebody because I've taken the courses before. Actually, I've taken them a bunch of times. I was recertified all the time uh, in, in a previous life. I highly recommend doing that. Moving beyond that, we want to tackle three three courses I think certainly certainly the first one would be would be great especially for people that that do you know a lengthy hike even if it's a long day hike it, it's not a bad thing to have well first day more first aid is never a bad thing to have the first course we're going to talk about we have three courses remote first aid wilderness first aid and wilderness first responder the first one remote first aid is about a 20-hour course it's roughly 250 ish dollars and and up depending on what provider you choose it meets 2016 first aid guidelines which is the last time they were revised best as i can tell csa standard workplace first aid so it, it covers you for that standard first aid course that you would normally take it it so some of the topics that it, it, it tackles are planning and assessment choking circulation emergencies uh, CPR, so great. So you don't have to take CPR or that basic first aid. It, it all gets lumped in here, which is fabulous. Uh, a- AED, which is the <laughs> in the movies when they go clear and they, <laughs> which, by the way, is entirely wrong. What they're doing, you're not supposed to do it when the person has flatlined. You use it actually when there's a squiggly line that's indicating that the heart's not beating correctly to actually stop that so that arrhythmia the heart or something right yeah when it's there's an arrhythmia you you use it to kind of stop the heart and then you can apply uh, CPR to the person to get circulation going manually when the heart is fluttering like that is not effectively pumping blood so there's no point in having it continue to do that so you're actually using the defibrillator to stop defibrillate make it stop doing that fluttering thing because the fluttering isn't doing them any good. It's also not helping you if you are trying to give them for CPR. It's not, it's not working if their heart's fluttering like that. They also, so, so breathing emergencies, wound care, head, neck, spinal injuries, bone, bone and muscle joint injuries, 
sudden emergencies like medical emergencies, environmental injuries and illnesses, poisons, very important one for your backcountry, wildlife, extended care because you know you're in the backcountry and sometimes you got to take care of somebody for a little bit longer than you would normally have to do because you're waiting for a team to come in and help you out or you've got to spend some time getting them out of the backcountry that which leads perfectly into evacuation workplace considerations this doesn't if you had a remote if you're you know uh, uh, Ontario hydro guy and you're out clearing uh, uh, trees around poles around lines you know in northern Ontario that would be a workplace consideration right uh, ditto for occupational health and safety Knots and cordage, which is excellent because sometimes you have to, you know, rig up some stuff that you don't necessarily have duct tape in your back pocket. And fire building, because again, you might have to spend some more time. You got to keep them uh, comfortable and warm and all that sort of jazz. Next, we're going to talk about uh, wilderness first aid and uh, we're going to let Pam go with this. So wilderness first aid is for individuals who work in a wilderness setting. So that might be where they're three or more hours away from organized healthcare. So they're three or more hours away from a hospital or a doctor or a doctor's office. It might include people that wanted to be a professional guide, parks officials, and people that work in recreation and ecotourism. Uh, so courses taught outdoors year-round, and it includes very similar to what Tim has listed with the remote first aid. The additional content they include for this course includes planning, prevention, group health and wellness, leadership skills. So say you are a guide and you're leading a group of people, you need to make sure that all of the members of your group are healthy and well and everybody's working together well as a team. And human environmental hazard assessment, rescue breathing, full face helmet removal. So if somebody is uh, skiing remotely, maybe in the backcountry skiing, and you're a ski patrol, you've got to figure out how you're going to help that person when they've got their helmet on. Uh, discontinuing spinal precautions. So if there is an incident where the person's going to die if you don't do something, you normally, if you suspect they may have injured their neck or their spine, you don't want to move them. But if there is a a situation where they're going to die anyway, you have to kind of put their life ahead of the fact that you might damage their spine by moving them. Realigning fractures and relocating dislocations, communications and signaling, so maybe signaling for help somehow, and in addition to advanced skills and loads of additional scenarios, and it's with a strong focus on leadership and team management. So if you're getting your guide and you've got a bunch of people that, that are relying on you, um, some extra skills around that. And then there is the knots and cordage that to mention and fire building. In addition to that, they've got stop the bleed, bleeding control basics, and extended nighttime first aid scenarios. Just in terms of some some scenarios that you might find yourself in, like as scouters, we have to have first aid for any um, scout meeting, but also for taking the kids on a scout camp. And if we happen to be taking the kids on a backcountry camp, we have to have wilderness first aid. And that's just for these kind of scenarios that if we're out like somewhere that's going to be a five hour paddle to try to get back to where we've left our vehicles, then we've got to somehow be able to manage uh, an injury for, for, for a child. So if it's um, a dislocation, if it's a fracture, we've got to know how to splint that. We've got to know how to immobilize them if it, we suspect that there might be some kind of head or neck injury. So lots of these things can happen when you're just... I would in the in the wilderness you have uneven terrain to deal with you've got incidents where you know maybe somebody's not 
paying attention and and they're jumping into water that's not as deep as it ought to be and somebody ends up injuring their their neck so there's lots of ways and means that these things can happen even at the best of times when people are are you know doing their best to pay attention and, and take good care but anyways it's always helpful to have some additional <laughs> information or additional training to be able to handle an unexpected scenario because accidents happen and that's why they're called accidents because nobody planned for these things to happen. Yeah, and knock on wood, this is me knocking on my head, it, you never need to use it. Like that's kind of the idea. You're, you're prepared for, for if something ever happens, hopefully you never have to have to use it. But, but boy, would it really suck to not know how to deal with something if, if it ever came up, especially five hours away. What kind of lunatic would paddle five hours into the backcountry? <laughs> if you're far away from, from just from the access of, you know, the, uh, sometimes they can't, wardens often paddle uh, out to check on things because that's the only way to get in. The, you know, the lake's too, too, too shallow, it's too short for a, a bush plane to fly in you still have to you know there's still time it still takes time to wrangle up people and the resources to to do a rescue to to whatever if you can make that that time in between be if you can if you can solve some of the problems if you can if you can fix some of the things or at least you know put a tourniquet on or or, or what have you uh, uh, duct tape the the broken paddle to to somebody's leg to get so you can get closer to a potential rescue that sort of thing that's you know you can't have too much first aid training just saying so wilderness first aid is a 40-hour course and costs upwards of 449 dollars yep so so yeah i should back up a little bit the remote first aid the first course we talked about it being 20 hours it's two 10-hour days so it's one weekend a heck of a weekend but it's one weekend the wilderness first aid is two weekends and most sorry that's what most of the companies that we will we will link in the bio that's what most of them do it as weekend courses because that makes sense for everybody the next course which is wilderness first responders 80 hours so do the math that's four weekends four saturday sundays the, i'm sure that they do offer a, a full you know like a two-week sit down and go bang 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 them out but uh, I, I didn't really look for those that much it's well, it's the gold standard it's it's if you work as part of a formal rescue and response system that's this is a, a sort of a necessity for you it's a you know the, the focus on extraction and rescue decision making you know they they have scenarios that involve urgent evacuation and considerations uh, about extended care you know multiple days in the backcountry again because you can't get a float plane in or or you're just you're so so far out there it's about survival sorry these courses all teach you all the things basic first aid cpr aed the remote the wilderness first aid and then and then now it this is this is hardcore stuff but but great i would love to take this just saying i'll let pamela uh, take the rest of it so it's good for people that work in a remote emergency setting so it might be somebody who is a paramedic by training and then they they want to take this additional training in order to up their skills and be able to help specifically for remote locations, uh, remote work sites. So as Tim mentioned, you know, maybe somebody who's working in hydro or mining or something that's way out, way out there, ski patrol and search and rescue. Uh, it's similar to the basis of the other courses that we've talked about. So you'll get the same planning assessment, choking, circulation emergencies, 
um, CPR and AED, breathing emergencies, wound care, head, neck, and spinal injuries, bone, muscle, and joint injuries, sudden medical emergencies, environmental injuries and illnesses, poisons, wildlife, extended care, evacuation, workplace considerations, occupational health and safety, knots and cordage, fire building. And on top of that, they'll get more into anatomy and physiology, um, shock or dealing with shock. Although I know in first aid courses that I've taken that we also go into shock and how to handle if a person seems to be going into shock. Um, Hemorrhage and soft tissue trauma, chest, abdominal and pelvic injuries, pregnancy, labor and delivery, not something we've never gone into in any of the first aid courses that I've taken. Uh, Special populations, mental and emotional health and wellness, reaching, lifting and extricating patients, um, extended care. So that's what Tim was saying about five plus days. Uh, transportation, so getting somebody, how to get somebody out. Multiple casualty incidents, so that might be where you've got several people that have had some kind of incident happen, like say you're in some kind of remote fly plane into something or something where you're in a boat. And Mount Everest, of, like you can't, you, it's not oh, like gee. they can't even get up there with helicopters and oh, stuff, right? Oh, gee, yeah. Just saying. Yeah. So you, you find yourself in a position like that. There's no, the only way in is is heel toe express like you're you're on foot and you can save somebody's life potentially if you can administer care at least until further help arrives yep um pharmacology so get that's getting into drugs and pharmaceuticals uh, occupational health and safety again yeah and just some additional practice and scenarios so that one's 80 hours so that's eight 10 hour days or four weekends and costs 889 dollars uh, to start, uh, they're varying prices, and again, we'll list we'll list a number of companies. You can you can do your own monetary research. They all they're all accredited though, so um, however that needs to play out, I'm hoping that some people get out there and take it. And for the record, the the courses, all of the courses uh, have some in class and some outdoors. Some of them are actually like an overnight as opposed to just you know you went out in the backyard at the at the school that you're taking the course at or whatever it's it, again varying varying levels uh, because you know better to learn in the field better better to be able to deal with it yeah so most companies will um, issue the certification via red cross there's all kinds of suppliers of the Red Cross course, though. So, I mean, you could look up like Toronto CPR is one of the companies that I've done courses through in terms of first aid courses. Uh, there's around the GTA, there's a list of several places like the Red Cross specifically. Um, there's a company called Swift Response. There's SOS First Aid. There's iRescue, Alert First Aid, and Durham First Aid. But a quick Google search will pull up whoever is in your neighborhood where you, if you want to take a course. Right. And so, so again, back to the around GTA, the greater Toronto area, there are courses. I, I, weirdly, I could I could find basic first aid in Toronto. I couldn't find any any of the remote or the wilderness courses in Toronto. It just could just be my incompetence on the Google. But there are plenty out in like Bowmanville, Pickering, Vaughan, Milton, you know, lots of lots of surrounding areas. And then as you go farther north, a lot of the outfitters, you know, whatever, Opiongo, Algonquin, uh, all of those places that uh, you check in with them, they'll know somebody who puts on the course. So those are your those are your good go-tos norther norther from us <laughs> that's it for us for today thank you so much for listening please do check us out on all the social media and email us anytime at hi at supergoodcamping.com that's h-i at supergoodcamping.com 
uh, we are recording this actually the weekend just before the Toronto Outdoor Adventure Show. So hopefully we'll get to see some of you there. Take care. Bye. Bye.